Agotner Shabbos, everyone. We're about to begin Be'ez Sashem, Shir number 108 in the Svarim of Rizal Pliskin and other Svarim regarding self-confidence. And we're going to talk today about a common mistake about self-confidence that people make. They think that there's an ear of superiority, that a person, if he's self-confident, that means he's a, he has a, a, a certain gaiva. And the other way around, too, people who have an ear of superiority, they think that's what self-confidence is. And if you think this way, you'll assume that you are always right, the other person is always wrong, and you may feel positive about yourself, but that's not the right perspective, and that's not what real self-confidence is. If you're blind to your own faults and your own mistakes, that does not and, and, and you're confident about that, that's not self-confidence. If people are uncomfortable in your presence because you have that strong uh, outer um, self-confident look, that's also not self-confidence. What is true self-confidence? True self-confidence is the inner recognition of the tremendous value in each and every human being. This is a line that's in Rosal Kleskin's book, that is Kedai to write and remember. True self-confidence is the inner recognition of the tremendous value of each and every human being. So in other words, including yourself. So when you feel an unconditional positive attitude about your own essence, about your own soul, that you are a Tzalem Aleikim, that you have a Nishmas Yisrael, a soul from, of Klal Yisrael, this recognition is transferred not just for your own essence, but when you see every person around you. All We are all part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's creation, and he put a tzalem alikim in every human being, and a special tzalem of Kla Yisrael, a kedusha of a nishmas Yisrael in every Jew. And someone who is healthily, truthfully, truthfully self-confident in a real way, will recognize this spark in himself, but equally in others, and therefore a truly self-confident person is also compassionate in knowing that other people are right many, many times, and I'm not blind to my own faults and mistakes, and I don't, I'm not judgmental about the, the, the faults of others or that they're less capable and so on and so forth. So that's a very important point to understand because people misunderstand um, and they they misconstrue arrogance with self-confidence and that is not the case. If self-confident people in the real way accentuates kindness, compassion, and seeking truth to make each person that you encounter feel special. When you're self-confident, you have no need to show off. You have no need to boast. If you have real self-confidence, you don't, don't try to make anyone else feel inferior. And you don't have to artificially get yourself up uh, uh, to a point where you need to push yourself up higher. And the key really is, is that people who are honest about their own self-confidence and personal deficiencies they may be intimidated by those who try to hide their limitations and frailties. In other words, if you're an honest person, you may think less of yourself 
when you unnecessarily compare yourself to others who project a higher level of self-confidence. In other words, there are people out there that cover up their chesreinus. They show themselves as their only their positive qualities are seen. You look at a person like that, you have chalisha sadas, you're saying, oh, this person has so many milas, I'm deficient. They hide it. You don't hide it. You're honest with yourself. You see it. So the idea is, is not to be intimidated by people like that. If someone is trying to intimidate you, um, that's a, a valid reason to alone not to let yourself be intimidated. Sometimes people that seem self-confident try to inflate themselves at your expense. And you got to see through that mask and don't worry about it. Rosel Pliskin said that when, you know, he, he brings someone quoting, that when I was younger, I was fooled by arrogant and conceited people into thinking that I was worth, worth less than them. And my parents were sincere about who they were. They never did things just for outward appearance. I felt inferior. And I wished my family and I were more self-confident. But as I grew up, my eyes were open. I realized I was taken in by actors. Sincerity and authenticity are more valuable than counterfeit and superficial shows of confidence. Many of those people had an inner emptiness that they tried to cover and hide. I am no longer in a contest with anyone else. It is not for me to judge who is real, who isn't. My mission in life is to be the best me that I can possibly be, and I have the self, sufficient self-confidence to strive for that. So the idea is to remember that many people that appear to be self-confident are empty shells. They're trying to cover up their chesreinus, and they hide behind a mask. Real self-confidence, like we just said, is the inner recognition of the tremendous value of each and every human being, and going to the concept of vulnerability. Now, usually when you hear the words self-confidence, self-esteem, together with allowing yourself to be vulnerable, you think it's two separate subjects and even opposite subjects. And what we're going to explain now is that true healthy self-esteem is to allow yourself to be vulnerable, is allow yourself to do that because that is a place of love and belonging and joy. And it takes courage to do that and empathy and creativity. And it is so important. Despite the fact that most people think that vulnerability is a weakness, the opposite is true. Vulnerability is something to embrace. It's necessary for anyone who wants to live with an authenticity, anyone who wants to live wholeheartedly, anyone who wants to live with have a true, healthy connection to Hashem, anyone who wants to have a true, healthy connection with their husbands and wives. They need to learn how to be vulnerable. It's not a defect. And it actually makes us stronger and more genuine and, yes, more self-confident. And it goes like the chicken before the egg. They, they feed on each other. When you have more self-confidence, the real healthy self-confidence, you allow yourself to be more vulnerable. The more you become more vulnerable in a healthy way, the more you open up emotionally and you're more flexible to change and to growth. When I say being vulnerable, I don't mean that you, you become a weak person, that you're, uh, you know, you, you, you just feel weak and you allow everyone to step over you. That's not what we mean by vulnerable. Vulnerability here means the courage to recognize 
that you have chesrenes, that you share fears and anxieties and all those human emotions like everyone else. And that is an important thing to share, and that's an important thing to acknowledge. And it's actually gaiva is an arrogance in thinking that you're not vulnerable. And and a healthy self-esteem and the vulnerability go hand in hand. Very often, addictions, people numb themselves. That is one of the reasons why they run towards these things that ultimately could cause addiction, whether it's to alcohol, to sex, to drugs, to food, and so on, is because they don't reach out to others and they can't handle the vulnerable feeling they feel inside. So they escape into these things. So it's very important not to do that. And to ask yourself, do I spend too much energy playing itself? Do I numb myself in order to feel weak, to, or in order to avoid feeling weak and vulnerable? Um, because when you come from a place of fear and anxiety, and you're protecting yourself to avoid feeling vulnerable, it'll actually make you more shaky, more insecure. So the idea is, is to appreciate healthy vulnerability and recognize that that increases self-confidence. It's a beautiful thing to look for others for support. A self-confident person will acknowledge that there are times, yes, I don't have the answers, and I do feel a little lost, and I do need to ask, but I'm still beautiful and I'm still worthy. I'm still precious, and I deserve a good life like everyone else. You build yourself up. So the key being is, is that allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing yourself that to acknowledge that sometimes you feel weak, acknowledging to yourself that you seek support, can ironically become the greatest strength you have. Because if you embrace your vulnerability, you will embrace your greatness as well. And here we come to the concept of self-kindness. Now, this is a very important topic connected to everything we said right now. And the problem with the concept of self-kindness that we have in our culture, in our generation, that is in the secular world, but it seeped a little bit into our culture, is that we, the culture, uses self-kindness in a very selfish, self-centered way. I'm going to love myself, and that covers up everything that you don't take responsibility for anything. That is not what we mean when you cultivate loving self-kindness. What is true healthy self-kindness? That again comes with both self-confidence and vulnerability, as we just said. It is giving yourself a certain warmth, a certain gentleness, a certain sympathy for ourselves so that true healing can occur. And the key really is this is very tricky because let's say a person slipped and did something wrong and they're eating themselves up about it and they're saying to themselves they're a bad person and I'm garbage and, I, and, and, and they spiral downwards because of it. You need self-kindness to pick yourself up. But you have to be careful about it. Self-kindness here does not mean what I did was not wrong. Yes, it's something I need to correct. That is the difference. That is where the secular world makes a mistake and just whitewashes everything and just says what's wrong is right and right is wrong. No, 
if you did something wrong and you know it was wrong, you acknowledge that it was wrong and you need to correct it. The self-kindness cannot erase that nakuda. But what self-kindness does is not to be excessively hard on yourself. To not place extra hard judgments. To give yourself the benefit of the doubt, not because you're making excuses. Oh, it's not so bad. No. To give yourself the benefit of the doubt, to realize that to be done the kafschos, there was a reason why I did the bad. I need to work on it, and I can work on it, but not to crush myself by it. So the unhealthy, severe self-criticism is what we need to avoid by this self-kindness to ourselves. To think of yourself as a friend and as a good person. Now, a good friend and a good person is gentle and warm and understanding no matter what you did wrong. At the same time, a good friend will encourage you to correct that wrong. They'll be honest with you. They're saying, I love you, I support you, you're a good person, but this thing was wrong, but it's not the real you, and you could get past it. So you have to do that to yourself too. Not the self-kindness, the blind one of the secular culture that just says everything's okay, it's okay that you, that you, that you uh, hit somebody, it's okay that you, uh, uh, you know, were mean to somebody, it's okay that you damaged something. No, no. That's not how self-kindness works. Self-kindness works is, is that you are a good person. I love you. You are caring. This is not you. This doesn't represent who you really are. And let me help you get beyond this and to express who you really are. Because this is not you. So that is the healthy balance of self-kindness. But one needs that as we brought down in previous svarim. And we're going to continue to quote in, in further svarim that you need to do that. You are not alone. Struggling is part of being human. It entails pain and loss and challenges. So instead of feeling isolated by that, the self-kindness creates a feeling that you're not alone. You're not alone. It's a shared human experience. And just like others, you, other, you grappling with this, others can and the idea of mindfulness, which we're going to talk about more in future shiurim, about being present-focused and receptive to what is around you and a non-judgmental awareness, and that you don't, you're not any longer a victim of your past and not swirling in your head, what if this, what if that about the future, but you're focusing on the present in the healthy way. So the aside again, just to review, what we talked about over here is that... Self-confidence is not arrogance. There are many people that look self-confident, but they are not self-confident. They're just basically selfish or self-centered, and they blame other people, and they believe they're always right and others are always wrong. That's not what self-confidence is. Self-confidence, paradoxically, goes together with vulnerability, which seems to be its opposite, but it's not its opposite. It's the key to self-confidence. And then we talked about the self-kindness that is the healthy form of self-kindness to build yourself up. Bracha and atzlacha.